welcome to the Brand Clarity Podcast, hosted by Visions to Images and Susie Libertor. The Brand Clarity Podcast highlights several different topics, including entrepreneurship, franchises, and digital marketing trends. Visions to Images helps corporations and franchises with their branding, website, paid advertising, and digital marketing. Hello, everybody. Today on the podcast, I have Charles Bonfiglio with Tint World. It's an amazing franchise, and I'm super excited to have him on. So tell us, Charles, how you got started with this franchise. Um, I started as a young guy. I love cars. I love customizing them. And I wanted to open up a, a, a business that had you know custom cars. So I was living in Brooklyn as a teenager. And at 21 years old, I just said, this is what I want to do. I moved to Florida, came down here. I couldn't get funding and financing. I couldn't get a landlord that wanted to rent to me. And from that point, I found franchising. And uh, although I found franchising was a way to get you funded and trained and and give you a little, help you get locations and give you some clout to grow a business, they didn't. There was no franchise like what Tint World was, which is what I wanted to have as a business. So I wound up joining another franchise in the automotive aftermarket space. I wound up becoming very prominent in that franchise. I built 10 locations. I started buying and building my buildings. Fast forward, um, after about 10 of them that I built, I uh, decided I wanted to build the business I always dreamed of. And so uh, that's how I I found Tim World was an actual small brand with a few stores in South Florida. I called up the owner. I said, interested in selling your business. We went out to lunch. I bought the company and with six stores, I converted to a franchise and started franchising in 2007. That's incredible. I love hearing that story. And I'm sure, as you know, there was some big struggles, but it's like you were, you're able to have all of that accomplishment now instead of working for somebody else, so to speak, right? When you're a franchisee. Yes. I mean, when I was a franchisee, it was great because I really liked spending time with the franchisor. I remember growing through the franchise, I was helping them build their first point of sale system. And I helped them. I started expanding services and I became a test center for them. And and then eventually I became a trainer at one of the, at, at a bunch of their uh, annual convent, convention, conventions. So I really learned a lot, but I got involved. I really loved it. I loved helping other people grow and then recognizing that I was a top franchisee and they had you do it and let me show you. And I love doing it. So that really led me to really be able to work with franchisees and work with my franchisor. And I learned a lot of specialized skills from that. But I always wanted to build a aftermarket accessory business. And uh, tip, but by the time I started to build the business, it wasn't about building one store anymore. I was like, if I like this and I want to build oh. it, and there's no other franchise like this, there's got to be other people that want this too. Mm-hmm. So I just built the franchise uh, from the ground up and uh, launched 2007. And I know that we want to talk a little bit today about franchise dev. And I really didn't know anything about selling franchises. I just got lucky. Uh, I found someone that actually uh, said, yeah, I'll, I'll sell them for you. And we started working together. But I really didn't put a lot of money into it, like maybe $100,000 a year for a franchise or that's really not a lot. And I did that for about, you know, seven, a bunch of years. When I got to about 2019 and I had about 60 or 70 stores open, um, at that point, I felt like, OK, I'm growing, you know, 10, 15 stores a year. That's good. But it's really time to scale. I mean, the system is built. 
It's predictable. We know that we're not having failures. People are being successful. I started to build a really good team. So now I want to really start selling. That's when I really dove in and started to learn about how to sell franchises. So beginning of 2020, I went to the international franchise uh, show and I started talking to other people. And yeah. Tell me what I can be doing better. <laughs> Well, and I think that's good that you have that open mind. Of course, as a business owner, we have to have those minds. You know, tell me what I can do better. Tell me where you can help me. Tell me all of the things, right? Because we need that as business owners. So you have 140 locations open currently with more in the works. Tell me kind of how you even got started. I know you said like you started kind of with 60 and then you were scaling. Like, take me through that process of what you really did to get to be at 140 locations? The first ones in the early days, I, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do because I only had a limited money. I was focused on getting the stores that I had open. But, you know, Tim World is kind of a sexy franchise and it's very unique. So I didn't have to do a lot. When one opened up in a new state, like I'd have more coming. Um, but I did Facebook ads mm-hmm. um, and, you know, not a lot. I mean, it was about $5,000 a month worth of Facebook ads. And I, uh, you know, everything from little videos from grand openings, little clips, you know, a little bit, you know, interested in owning your own business in the aftermarket accessory business, you know, just things like that. I also start try doing uh, some of the portals, you know, Franchise Gator, mm-hmm. um, some of the others. I didn't really see a lot of return on investment from them, but I did get calls, you know, for someone starting out, it was a low lead cost, but you got to go through a hundred of them before you get somebody that's even like interested. Right. Yep. It was good to do that. And then I started, I did a little bit of Google uh, uh, AdWords and a little bit of uh, retargeting ads, but really, again, only about a hundred thousand a year is what I was spending, which is not a lot to be able to get. And with that, I was just finding five, 10, 12 franchise licenses a year in the beginning that would just come to me because of that. And so I just, I learned and I I grew it a little bit more, but I didn't really focus on, you know, really getting into franchise dev and sales until about the beginning of 2020. And so within when 2020 happened, that's when you kind of really started to blossom with locations and fran dev. Yeah, I I made a commitment that I was going to increase my annual ad spend for franchise opportunities to over half a million dollars Mm. uh, that year happened to be I booked out I did a lot more things so now what I did was I joined some broker networks okay now, yeah and with, with the reason why that was good I, I I interviewed FSOs franchise you know franchise uh sales organizations they really take the whole thing out for you I interviewed broker networks some of them were nice to me you know when you're a smaller franchise you know they could do with you or without you right some weren't so nice but I went to the two or three broker networks that seemed to like my brand and like my story. And uh, one of them was Francer. They did a really nice job for me. I met the owner, uh, I think it's about 2017 or 18, and he started talking to me. By the time 2019 come in, I signed up with them and they started selling some units for me. I liked it. That was one thing. But in talking with them, I learned some things. I learned you know, how to do a better sales process. Sure. In the early days, I was it was taking me six to nine months from the first call of a mm-hmm. franchise prospect to, to get one to buy. And now it's pretty much six to nine weeks. Nice. Uh, and they come in, they get a call within six to nine weeks. They're coming down Discovery Day, buying one or more licenses. Um, but I got better at it. And also I made it 
digestible. So people come in and they look to buy a franchise. They don't really know what the process is. So the best thing to do is tell them what the process is. You get some people coming in. So can I buy one now? I'm like, well, I'm not allowed to do that right now. I have to send you a disclosure document. I want to help you with qualifying a lease, qualifying a financing. So I want to do those things. So I just find that the most honest thing to do is come up and tell them, say, listen, we're a franchise company. We have to, you know, uh, buy by, you know, certain rules. So we have what's called the disclosure document that gives us our business model and system so you can read it. Um, and usually if if you go quick, it may be, you know, six to eight weeks to buy one. It, it could go a little quicker, but I, I, I know that when I disclose to you, it's going to be at least two weeks for you to review the document. I want you to understand our brand to make a really good decision if it's good for you. And it's really hard for them to say, no, no, I don't want to do that when you tell them the why. But if you just tell them, well, it's going to be a couple of months and then don't tell them what's going to happen. It kind right. of leaves me, well, why can't I buy, buy it right now? So I think it really to be upfront and straight with them. And this is it's a consulting thing. I want only have franchisees that are interested in the brand and think that they have the wherewithal to be able to grow it. And Absolutely. I want to tell you everything about it to make that decision to you, uh, because that's what I do. If yeah. you're not happy, I'm not going to be happy because I'm going to have more work. But if you're happy and it fits, then I, I know I can I can help you grow the business that you want. Absolutely. I love it. What is what is brand dev to you and what is the biggest thing that you did that really helped with growing as a franchise? Really, um, in the beginning, I didn't know anything about selling them. So that's what was taking so long. I was relying on the salesperson that was with me to just do their best. And they were ch- they weren't staying consistent in the way they were selling it. So what I did was this is really probably the best thing I did. I hired a, a, gir- a, a girl that used to work for Fran Connect. Mm. Fran Connect is an internet system. Mm-hmm. And I she happened, and because she worked for them, she knew their process and their system really well. And she worked for a lot of different franchises. So I said, if you know the best practice of how to set up the CRM, I said, I want to set up six-step process to buy. So I know that when somebody comes in, the first call is just to tell them a little bit about the brand, who we are, and see if the financial qualification is good for them. Right. Because if it's good for them, then okay, we can go further. If it's not, well, let me just thank you and and, and make sure you don't spend time looking at something that's not going to be good for you. Right. Um, so the first step, one, the second thing I did is I set up a calendar system. So if it was a good fit, we had a calendar of my franchise development director who would actually have certain days and times on his calendar. So we can tell you after that first consult that you fit, looks like you might be a fit. Would you like to speak with our franchise director, which knows a lot about the brand? They can spend some time with you. And it's a little longer call, not a 15, 20. It could be really a 45 minute call that you can get a lot out of it and tell you the steps broken down. He really knows our business well. And at that point, if they were a good fit, we'd make that appointment. That would be step two. Mm-hmm. And then after that appointment would be really telling all the differences of, you know, what we are, how we're different, you know, about our franchisees, you know, what's it like in the world of Tint World. And then from that point, once they feel that they were a good fit and they wanted no more, we would then send them the uh, disclosure document. The disclosure document, from that point, we have a two-week uh, stretch that we uh, have calls with them a couple of times per week. So they get to you know talk with us about each area and what it does with them. So they understand the business model. How do you get open? What do we do for you? Right, what the right. costs are, what the ongoing costs are, you know, the hiring process, the opening process. So when they understand all that, they feel more comfortable 
uh, then it usually goes to the next step. And next step is we usually say, well, let's make sure you look like a right fit, but let's make sure that we can get you financing. So mm-hmm. we send them over a link that allows us to do a credit check on them to get them financing. It gives us a preliminary approval for an SBA loan. Um, and so within 24 hours, we get that back. We call them up. We tell them, here's your credit report. Here is the uh, preliminary approval for your, you've been approved. So we're ready to go to the next step. And a lot of times they want to do is they want to speak to franchisees. You know, after they get enough information from us, the best way to validate is to speak to a franchisee and not just one, maybe one new one, maybe one that's a couple of years older, maybe one that owns one store and a couple that own multiple stores. So they, and, and from all walks of life, because you kind of want to see, can anybody do this? And so we do that. And the way we do that is we do a virtual uh, validation call. So yeah. we'll have franchisee on the call. But on that call, we have anywhere from 10 to 20 different prospects, and they go round robin asking questions to the franchisee. And mm-hmm. we do like three of those a week. So over the course of two weeks, they'll usually get to speak to anywhere from four to six franchise prospects. Some people want more, but most people, when they get it, they understand when they're done. And they can go visit a store as well if there's one in their right. area. Once we get past that and they feel like, okay, well, now I, it's everything I thought it was. And I like the group of franchisees. They're all different, but they all have the same things to say. Hopefully they say nice things. Yeah. Um, and they usually do. After that, the next step is, okay, we're ready to start talking about locations. We might have spoke about that before. Sure. Now we want to really dive in to make sure what you're looking at. Is it one store, two store? Where do you want it? We do the research, show them what's a good location for them in the area they're looking. Um, and then once we lock that down, uh, then we go, okay, if now have you had your legal team look at the FDD? Mm-hmm. That's important to us because we want to make sure not that you're only reading it yourself, but you have someone who's an advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they do that and they say yes, we just ask them, if you came down to a discovery date, which means you're going to come down to Florida where we are, you're mm-hmm. going to visit a couple of stores in real life um, and speak to franchisees in person and see how it actually operates. Sometimes they say, I've already been to one, I've looked. But part of it is coming to see who we take you through it. And then the most important thing is we take you to meet the corporate team. Mm-hmm. You want, we want to take you to the marketing team. And what do they do for you to get you open and help you operate? You want to go to the, the real estate team. How do they find your location and negotiate with you and to get a lease for you and, and do any build out work? And, you know, you go to the, uh, the, the creative designers and what they can do to create designs for you. Um, and the training department where we teach all the franchise university of how we train you for the pair. So once they get to meet all the people, they know that, you know, we're real and they align with us and that they've got the support to yeah. do things that probably they're vulnerable about knowing. In addition to, they usually sit in our conference room and we'll have like um, our COO sit with them, a director of marketing sit with them, and then a real estate person. And then after that, at the end, they get to meet me. Why me last? Because my team knows what they're doing really well. Yeah. And so rather than divulge everything from one person, Mm-hmm. They can really get everything out of each individual department and know Absolutely. how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they'll speak with me. And I usually meet with them anywhere from an hour to two hours, depending on what they need. Right. And they want to know, you know, how the company starts, the vision of the company, you know, where it's going, where our future is, how we help them just from me. Um, because I'm the, I made the company, I developed right. it. And yeah. I, I really want to let them know that for me, it's all about making them happy because yeah. 
you know, it's like, I just want to make them successful because if they're successful, my life is easy. Right. If they have turbulence, I have turbulence. Absolutely. And so I just tell them like, just that way. And sometimes I have fathers and sons or mothers and daughters come in or family groups, some two times family, two families, but whatever it is, I try to appeal to what they are caring about the most. It's not what I want to tell them. It's really what they really need to know. I just kind of put the backstory involved with it so they know how it was built and how my success came through franchising. Hopefully they can relate to that and feel the same way. After discovery day, it's usually any any other questions. And when they get to the point where, no, we're good to go, what's the next steps? At that point, the next step is, can we take a picture together so we can <laughs> remember this moment? Yes. And you see a lot of those being posted on LinkedIn and other places. Absolutely. Um, and so I got, so they remember that one day they met with me and my team. And then from that point, if everything's go, we just need the corporate entity that they set up and who's going to be on the franchise agreement. And we'll sign out a franchise agreement to them. And usually within five days after discovery day, they're all signed up and they get a welcome call. And we're off to the races, finding a location and building their dreams. Hey there, I want to interrupt this episode with a quick message. If you're listening to this podcast episode and want to learn about branding your franchise or small business, then go to brandingbridge.com. That's branding-bridge.com. It sounds like it's a simple-ish process. I mean, I've worked with many franchisors and sometimes they can either a not have enough or overcomplicate, right? So it's either like they're at one one side of the spectrum or the other, and never kind of have like an actual system in place. And I think that's where a lot of things can fall short if you're trying to franchise. I've noticed that you have to be like extremely organized to some extent of being able to take them through the process and take them through everything as a whole. I've worked with franchises who kind of don't have a set process to take them through or an automation of some way. And it's important to have those pieces, no matter how you set it up, it's important to figure out what it is because every customer is different. Like your, your audience is going to be different than somebody else's, but you need to have that process to be able to grow. I had no process. Yeah. I had, when I opened up the calls that came in, they went to my franchise development manager I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just, if you mm-hmm. brought me a franchise prospect, I would talk with them. If they buy, I'm good at helping them get open, get successful, being good. That's I've had to focus on that. But when I started to build a team around me that was helping me do that and I had more time, I'm like, I think I can automate this onboarding. So what I think of it is right. like the Ford assembly line, the body, the chassis, the wheels, the glass, the doors, the interior, the leather, and then it's off to the races. So I had to build the franchise system, the sales process, like a Ford assembly line. There's a beginning and there's an end. And at the end, you're ready to go off to the races. So that's kind of what I built. And I did it in six steps. Like what are the main pieces? You know, I need to get the finance and I, I need to get the, the area is locked down. I need to make sure they qualify. They're a good fit for us and we're a good fit for them. Um, so all those things are really important to get them off to the races. And so I really chopped that down and I said, what do we need to do? A lot of what was happening when I wasn't involved with the discovery process, it just went to them and they brought them down when they want. I was getting people down that didn't even have the ability to get financing properly. Right. No. So we worked with them for weeks or months and sorry, and we wasted their time and ours. And I'm not yep. going to do that. 
Now they can't go. There's a six-step process. They can't get go to step three unless they finish step two. They can't go to step four unless they finish. I will not let them come down to Florida unless they got a pre-approved letter. They've got their, their background checked on. They've got the location secured where they want. They've put a deposit, a refundable deposit to no good faith. They've secured a location to come down to purchase. And I actually have my franchise development manager tell them, when you come down to Florida, is there any reason why you wouldn't purchase a franchise? Provided that you like the franchise owners, you know, the people there at the company. Other than that, is there anything left outstanding? And if they say yes, well, let's go deal with that now. If they say no, I'm ready to go as long as they like me and I like them. Well, then it's time to come down. And what I require is a, a franchise application that shows the territory or territories that they're looking to purchase. I require um, a deposit, $5,000 refundable deposit if it's one store, a $10,000 if it's multiples. Again, they have no risk. It's just a good faith sign. If they're going to fill out an application and come down to meet us, they're going to put a deposit. We're going to take the time to tell them everything they want to know. It, it's very, I think maybe there's less than 2% of people that come down to Discovery Day that do not buy a franchise. And why that is, is because we pre-qualify and help them make a decision that gives them everything they need before they come down. When they come down and they meet my team, that's just a bonus. I have great people here. Um, you can't not love them. If you meet my team, I hire people that I like and I trust, knowing that if my franchise meet them, they're going to like and trust them too. I mean, they're way even nicer than me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, but you need a great team. You need that support. And I love that you have support too with the when the with the franchisees, like talking about the marketing and the sales and the trainings. All of that is so important to have that support um coming into a franchise business. Cause otherwise yes. they're gonna they're gonna go in blindsided, like, what did I get into? Um, so that's amazing. My last question for you is what do you think is the most successful marketing that you've experienced? I think it's there's not one thing, but I can tell you a couple of different elements that have been worked for me. Uh, I built a good relationship with the broker network because signing up with brokers does nothing for you if you don't have a relationship with them. Because mm -hmm. you got you got brokers that are working for these groups, and if they don't know you and your brand and your customer satisfaction from your franchisees, if they don't know that, then how could they recommend you to one of their prospects? Yeah, maybe they'll say, what about this company? Well, that's okay. But they're going to go to where they know that their, their clients are going to take care of. So by knowing who I am and who our team is, it's important. So that's when I started to do what I do. I post on LinkedIn the most unrelevant things to franchising. It might just be we're having a birthday party for my team and we're all around singing. Everybody gets a, a cake. Everybody's got a party. And just to know who we are and how we are and how we're just regular people that is good. And that works with people. People love normal, regular, everyday yeah. people. So showing that side, instead of trying to show how debonair we are or how polished we are, it doesn't always work that way. They want to know who you really are. So knowing our team, it makes them feel like they want to come down and meet them. Another thing we do, I post a lot of testimonials from our franchisees. Yeah. So LinkedIn has not been a direct conversion thing for me. Sure. But the fact that the brokers know me there, I tag them all. And the fact that my my prospects 
sometimes go there. It gets me to be more relatable in addition to our website and our marketing on Facebook and our marketing in uh, in other ways. We, we market on uh, Franchise Times. You know, mm-hmm. our press releases go there. We get picked up there. And I market in some industry magazines that maybe go to high roller people that would love to own a business like this and they have the wherewithal to do it. So because it is a niche business and there's not really a lot where you can go and buy, you know, get a franchise like this. And again, my history is I've been doing this forever. So like when they come in, I've got everything figured out. We have over 80 supplier vendors that support us. There's really nothing they have to want for. When they come with us, they really got a good a good full platform and a um, it's in a u- unique business model. It's not being competitive with everybody, you know, every food restaurant like they have. And it's a high gross profit margin business. So as soon as you get over break even, you're really profitable and you do really well. Love it. I was actually taking some notes as well. You're teaching me more and more stuff. I was writing down like, what is my five, six, six, six step process? So yeah, it's really good. I love it. And I think that it's very important to have relationships with the brokers and to post normal stuff on LinkedIn and even Facebook or wherever. I know in my experience, when I post personal stuff, it always gets way more traction than if you're trying to post about the business or the company. So I kind of, you know, we have a combination of a bunch of ways, but that's like to get somebody interested and to build that relationship and connection is huge. So yeah, that helps. And I like to tell their story. I mean, they're yeah. gonna, well, who's the franchisee? Watch validation. I take pictures of their testimonials, videos. I love watching their grand opening, how great their stores look and how happy they are and with their wife and their kids maybe sometimes. And so those things are really important because I'm proud of that. And I hope other people see that I'm proud of that because they know I love helping people. I love being, I love them getting into the million dollar club. I have a million dollar yeah. goal ring that I give every, every store when they get over a million dollars. And I love doing it. I mean, in 2022, I had 24 rings I bought for like over gold went up. So I spent like nearly $40,000 wow. doing it because I gave millionaires their rings. And I like celebrating the wins. You know, it's all about, that's what we're doing here. We're helping people get successful and win. And you know what? And you also have to have a really kind heart because if you have, there are occasionally some people that maybe feel that it's not right for them. They want it and they grow it. And they they almost like don't want to tell me like they're breaking my heart. I'm like, yeah, but, and I'll help them sell it if they want to. It's not only about the money. It's never about the money. It's about the the scorecard of how well they're doing. That makes me feel good. If you t- think a bit about money, don't go with the franchise. Open up your own business. If right. you're going to be a franchisor, you know, you really, it's really about the wins and, and the success and the money just becomes a scorecard. Um, it's really not the reason um, to just do it. Um, a lot of people do, but for me, it was always building a business that I really loved. And if I liked it and I built a good business, other people would want it too. And I'll be able to really show them how it's done. Cause I've done this my whole adult life. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And it's so incredible to hear your story. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks, Susie. I appreciate it. Thank you everybody for listening in on today's brand clarity episode with Susie Libertor. Two things. First and foremost, please, if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave some positive reviews. Also, don't forget to sign up for Stop Sending Your Customers to the competition and get my insider secrets to compelling branding that converts. You can find that at branding-bridge.com. It's a free workbook for you to check out right now all of the branding techniques and strategies that I use for my paying clients.